0: Father, thank you for um, uh, all your goodness to us. Uh, thank you that we can come together today and freely meet and think about the claims of Jesus and wrestle with them even, um, come to grips with them. And Lord, we pray that we'd believe in them. So Lord, we, uh, help, help us this morning. Uh, guide me and my words, help us to listen well and, in, and indeed put your words into practice. Amen. I'm going to let you into a little bit, little bit of a secret. It's a bit of a secret with my family as well. I think my family might know this. I think Michelle might know this, looking at her. I actually quite like supermarket shopping. I like the, Thank you, Paul, yes. I, like, I really quite find it quite relaxing. You know, just walking down the aisles, whether it's Coles or Audi or Woolies. You know, I, <laughs> I go, I'm going through my list and I'm ticking things off and I'm looking at all the options. And I like that. It's just me and my trolley, and I do. I do. I like making my choices. I'm, I'm weighing up my options. I like that. Um, and there's so many good ones too, aren't there? You look up there and there, you can choose all those cereals, or you can just take all of them, like like I do quite often. Um, I, I do enjoy it. And and in the end, it doesn't really matter when you you know what you take. I guess when you get to the checkout, it all passes through, and you're on your way. I think that's not a bad illustration of how many people understand life and death and the big questions we humans ask about life and death. Let me explain. See, I think it's true, though. Most of us would agree there's more to life, more going on in life than what we can see and touch and measure. See, we're surrounded by a supermarket of ideas, opinions, religious thought, and worldviews. And for many people, when it comes to let's just call it the checkout, all right? Keep the analogy going. Uh, when it comes to the end, well, well we all end up in the same place anyway. It doesn't really matter what brand you choose or what different path you take, or brand or path to heaven or to God, or reincarnation, nirvana, or whatever you call it. As long as you're a good person, well, you'll all get through the checkout. It'll all pass through. It'll all be paid for type thing. It doesn't really matter what you believe. But here's the claim of Jesus. We read it just a few moments ago. Ian read it for us. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's what Jesus says. He's the only one who will get us through the checkout. It's an incredible claim, isn't it? that it's only through Jesus that we can know God. That's what he's saying. It's exclusive, uh, it's intolerant, and for many people it's quite offensive that Jesus is the one among many. He is the truth, he's the life, and he's the way to God. In other words, the, claims of Je- the claim of Jesus is that he is the one who answers all those difficult questions that we may have. Now, the progress of humanity hasn't really done that, has it? Uh, for all, for um, all of us, really, well, all humans, we long for, as what this writer put, he, the, the power of a story to which we belong, one that provides us with grounding, purpose, perspective and meaning. Uh, life remains mysterious in all the areas of life that really matter to us, like love and friendship, beauty and tragedy, transcendence and the search for wisdom. I think it's true... And the claim of Jesus is that he answers that longing. It's a big claim. A few years back um, on my favourite uh, TV show, uh, ABC's Q&A, uh, not. Um, anyway, uh, this is when I was watching it. So it, during the, it was actually during, the show was aired during the Festival of Dangerous Ideas. So you might have heard of that festival. It's, it's, a, it's actually pretty interesting, to be, to be honest. Um, uh, Journalist and author, a once atheist and now very outspoken Christian, Peter Hitchens, Uh, his brother Christopher was quite a famous outspoken atheist, he's uh, uh, died. But Peter Hitchens said, he said, I've got it up on the screen, he said, and there he is next to Jermaine Greer, that would have been a fun conversation, wouldn't it, Um, if you know Jermaine Greer, Uh, the most dangerous idea in human history and philosophy remains the belief that Jesus, that Jesus Christ is the son of God and rose from the dead. That is the most dangerous idea you'll ever encounter. You can imagine Tony Jones at this point. What? I'm getting a bit grumpy. So he pushes a bit harder, and so he answers Tony, well, Hitchens answers Tony Jones as sort of, uh, he asks him to elaborate, and this is what he says It's dangerous, as Christianity is dangerous, because it alters the whole of human behaviour and all our responsibilities. It turns the universe from meaningless chaos into a designed place in which there is justice and there is hope. Now what Hitchens is actually doing, he's he's echoing the words of C.S. Lewis, who's a famous theologian and writer. C.S. Lewis, uh, who himself became, and reluctantly at first a follower of Jesus, and um, finally admitted who Jesus is, who he said he is, God in the flesh. Here's what C.S. Lewis wrote. uh, Christianity, if false is of no importance. And if it's true, it's of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. I think it's true. I think it's right. Now, how do we respond then to the claims of Jesus? Uh, Is Hitchens right? Is he just one of the many, or is he indeed the one of many? Well, let's explore that today. If you've got your outline there, it's in the bulletin. You might want to follow along. Uh, that'll help as well. Let me begin by, by... Well, I've sort of begun already, haven't I? But let me, let me continue by telling you about this... Um, there's an there's old parable, I guess you call it a story, uh, of several blindfolded or blind children who are climbing all over an elephant. Now the story, the different versions of the story, and uh, some of them are children and some of them aren't. Um, There's a little picture of it, I couldn't get a children one, there are men there climbing over blindfolded. Now, so one kid is hanging onto its tail, a couple have their arms around its legs, Um, one is swinging on the trunk, and two or three are clutching the poor thing's ears. And so the children poke and prod, and as they poke and prod and hang on, they're actually in the heat of an argument about what it is that they've found. What is this thing? They can't see it, of course, but they can feel it. What is it that we've found? So the one on the tail describes the elephant as a kind of stringy rope. It's a rope I've got here in my hands. And those on the elephant's legs they laugh at that explanation. No, 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 it's a tree stump. Can't you Don't you know it's a tree stump I've got here? And the kid on the, the, um, uh, the, the, the trunk says, that, well, no, no, this is a fire hose. We've all got a fire hose here that we're climbing over. And then the one clutching on the ears think they've all gone mad. No, no, what we've, what we've got here is a set of um, banana leaves, like massive, sorry, banana, um, yeah, banana leaves that we're hanging on to. And the story goes then that a passerby comes... Along, And he hears the commotion and the children then ask this person for, for his opinion. Now, there's three ways he could respond. You can see that up there. First, he could avoid their question by saying, well, no, no, no comment, thanks, I steer clear of this sort of thing. It's just not my deal. Um, second, he could accept all their opinions and reply, well, actually, you're all correct in your own way. And finally, he could reject all their views and say, well, you're all wrong. Um, none of you have the full picture. Now, this story, and there, as I said, there are different versions of it, and the three responses illustrate the ways that many people respond to not only the claims of Jesus, but in doing so, how we respond to the different opinions, worldviews about God, life and death in this supermarket of ideas. Now here's the first response. Let's go through them pretty quickly and then we'll finish up with what does Jesus say about this? The first response is avoid the issue. Now, yeah, of course, there's no doubt that many religious people are climbing over an elephant called God and arguing amongst themselves what it actually is. It does appear to be that way, doesn't it? You're an outsider looking in. So the Buddha says that, well, the way to enlightenment is uh, to follow the Buddha's eightfold path. Uh, the Muslim disagrees, claiming that the only the strict adherence to Muhammad's teachings as found exclusively in the Quran, will bring us Allah's, God's favour. Quite different, aren't they? Jews, of course, believe that God has revealed himself only through the nation of Israel and then those who convert to Judaism. And then for anyone watching on to all this, look, I imagine they think it's all a little odd, isn't it? It's all a little... All this confusion and arguing, and then most of them probably would say, well, you know, uh, that, that turns me off everything about religion. I'm out. Um, so they say, no, sorry, I stay clear of this time of argument. Now, first, in that response, we might say, well, that's fair enough. It does look like hard work wading through all these different opinions. But avoiding the issue does have some problems, doesn't it? And one could accuse this answer as being a bit of a cop-out. Yes, it's an easy way out, but it never leads to answers. Anyone has the right to be uninterested, of course. That's fair enough. But we need to realise that evading the question, well, is not an answer in and of itself. OK, how about this second option? You can see it there on the screen. Um, accept every possibility. That is like the bystander listening in and watching the elephant debate. We say, well actually you're correct in, uh, in, your, in your own way. You're all correct. Now this seems like a good and tolerant and accepting way of looking at things. It certainly keeps the peace. Uh, it's non-judgmental. It's what's very popular these days. But the big problem is with this, is that most of the religions and worldviews, in fact, probably really all of them, they all contradict each other. That's the problem, isn't it? For example, his Hinduism teaches that there are millions of gods, but Jews claim there's only one. Now, I, I consider myself okay at maths, and I can work that out. A million is not one. It's very different, isn't it? Very different. Um, Buddhism claims that... The, that Everyone is reborn after death to come back as another creature, so reincarnation. But Muslims, the teaching of Islam, say that people just live once and die once. Now, they can't both be true, can they? Uh, and we could go on for a while too, if we had more time. It just doesn't make sense to say that all religions are true when they are different on so many levels. If two people make a contradictory statement, they can't, we, well, we can't accept them both, can we? Either one is right or the other wrong, or, of course, they're both wrong. We need to be careful that we don't, as one author wrote years ago, that our minds don't become like sewers. (laughs) In other words, accepting everything and rejecting nothing. That's what a sewer does, doesn't it? Okay, let's go to this third option then, that we reject every possibility. Uh, We reject all the options as false. Now, to many people, this seems like the best option. It seems arrogant to expect to know the answers to the really huge questions of life. How can any religion answer the questions like, who is God and and, what is he or she like? Uh, Are there many gods or just one? How do you get to know God? Is there life after death? They're big questions. It's a bit arrogant to say that one religion has all the answers. What chance have we got working out the solution to these questions on our own? And for many people, it's just too hard So we we decide to reject them all. But what if we had a revelation? What, What if we had some piece of information that we could have never discovered ourselves, which answers all those questions? Let me illustrate for a minute. I need you to help me out with this one, okay? I want you to try to imagine or guess what my first car looked like. Now, it's not an easy thing, is it? Okay, uh, you might like. Um, I reckon you'd come up with some pretty intelligent suggestions. So you know that I, I if you know me, I, I don't mind a bit of four driving, and so maybe my first car was a four drive. That would be silly of me to have a first car like that, but that's the sort of person I am. Um, <laughs> uh, and of course, it was a while ago, so it's probably fairly cheap. Cheap four drive, so we're not talking like a, I don't know, a Lexus or something. Um, <laughs> what colour might it have been? Uh, well, it's hard, it's getting hard now, isn't it? You don't really know. In fact, mate, would it be a Toyota or a Land Rover? Ah, in fact, we're really only guessing, aren't we? But what if I showed you a picture? So here's my first car. Here it is. There it is. It was red. Did anyone guess red? Hey, have people people. Oh, Michelle, that's not fair. Yeah. Uh, well done, Brendan. Kath, well done. There it is. There's my first car. Um, I'm still paying off the debt from that car. No, just kidding. Um, but uh, there we go. There's my first car. It's red. It was a four drive, and it's in patrol. Um, I'm showing you the picture here because now you don't need to speculate. Oh, you've got the photo of it, uh, nicely scanned from. I don't know when we bought that car, but 1990. Six or five or something. I don't know, something like that. But you don't need to speculate anymore. Here's the photo. And the photo, of course, reveals the car. Now, that's what a revelation is, isn't it? Something which tells us about God, so we don't have to speculate. Now, the question is, has God ever personally revealed himself? Where's God's photo? Is there such a thing? Muhammad, Buddha, Uh, Joseph Smith started the Mormon um, uh, religion Uh, Moses, Confucius and all those other great founders of of, um, religions well I'm sure they're amazing and interesting people but none of them ever claimed to personally reveal God none of them ever said look at me and you'll see God there is however one exception and that is of course Jesus Probably the most outrageous claim that Jesus ever made. A dangerous, if you believe uh, Peter Hitchens. Jesus says that he is the photo of God. That he is the, he is the one among many. You know, after Jesus um, uh, said to his disciples in John fourteen six that he is the only way to God, the Father, uh, to heaven... And that he's going to the cross, that's where he's going to prepare a place for them. One of the disciples, you can imagine this, this is a pretty intense dinner. Jesus is going. The disciples, the disciples are freaking out It's a little bit. And, and so the disciples, one of them asked Jesus to reveal God to them. He says, this is Philip. Philip, he says, show us the Father and that will be enough. And then, and then this is what Jesus said in reply. We read it before. Don't you know me? Jesus said uh, to Philip, Even after I have been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Now, look, maybe Jesus was a crazy person. Maybe he was a, a liar. But maybe he was who he said he was. That is, God's photo. Personally, I'm convinced of it. I'm convinced of it that when I'm confronted with the evidence of Jesus' life, his death and his resurrection, I'm left with no other option but to conclude that Jesus is who he said he is. God in the flesh. God's supreme revelation. God's photo. The way, the truth and the life. You remember the story of the blindfolded kids and the elephant? Uh, The story is often told to argue that religion is simply a guessing game in which we're all blindfolded and we've all got our own opinion. But there's some problems, aren't there, with that? Yes, okay. each child has their own opinion. But the fact of the matter still stands. It wasn't a rope. It's not a tree trunk. It's not a couple of banana leaves or a fire hose. It's an elephant. What it is. <laughs> Regardless of what each kid thought, truth is truth. It simply took a broader vision to see it. Only one person in the story actually saw things as they were the bystander, who saw the whole picture like a photo. And that, of course, is what Jesus is to us. You know, if you were the bystander, just think for a minute, if you were the bystander and, and the children asked you for your opinion, would it have been arrogant or unloving to tell them what you saw? Because that's what's often thrown, that's the accusation thrown at Christians too, and, and thrown at Jesus himself, that it's intolerant and close minded of Jesus. Arrogant, indeed, when he says that he's the only way to God. Let's play a little game for a minute. I hope no one's flying tomorrow. Um, imagine this you're on a plane. Now you're, you're excited. You've, you've finally got on the plane. You're about to go away overseas. Anyone going overseas tomorrow? Just in case. Good. That's excellent. It might, it might take a while to get over this. Um, so we're flying on a plane. We're getting ready, and uh, we're excited. We've got our iPad. We've got our, you know, books and magazines to read. We've got a good seat. We're good to go. It's a bit of a long flight, and so after takeoff, you, you take a bit of a nap. All right. Um, about halfway into the trip, you're awoken suddenly by these by the sh- sh- shaking and. And there's loud bangs, and uh, the flight attendants appear, and, and then telling everyone to stay calm, and as they walk up and down the aisle. But then the oxygen masks drop down in front of you, and people start to panic, and a few screams. The captain comes across a loudspeaker and, and says, um, The plane has received some heavy damage due to an unexpected storm, and we need to have an emergency landing. Oh, great, you say to yourself. Uh, the attendants give instructions on the emergency protocols and, and then they take their seats. You're holding onto your seat, crash position or whatever you do and the plan lands violently, but you're there. But as soon as you land, well, you start smelling a bit of smoke and there are some fires starting to break out amongst the, in, the, in the plane. Well, the captain again comes on the loudspeaker and again tells everyone to stay calm and and use the exits on the left wing of the plane. That's the only really safe exit over there. Now, is the captain unloving for telling the passengers that they can only use one exit? There are other exits, right, aren't there? What about about the ones at the front or the back or the the right-hand side of the plane? Why can't we use those? Well, that's because the captain knows which exits are safe. It's not unloving to rule out exits that are not safe. In fact, the most loving thing the captain can do is, in fact, what he's done. Tell us which one is safe. And, friends, that, of course, is the truth about Jesus. Jesus says he is the only way to know God. He's the only way to the Father. He's the only way to heaven. There are no other ways, and there's no other safe exits. In this uh, supermarket of religions and worldviews, Jesus says that he is the one among many. So, can I encourage you today to respond to Jesus? Maybe today's a day, simply, if you have already responded to him and you trust him and you want to live your life to him, you respond to him in thankfulness, that God has actually shown himself and what he's like in, the, in Jesus. But maybe today's a day... Where, where you want to talk a bit more, you want to think a bit more, or today's the day when you say, I'm actually going to trust Jesus from now on. He's the captain in that story who shows us the safe exit. In fact, by his death on the cross for our sin, he makes the way to the Father, the way to heaven, a safe one. How about I pray? And then if anyone's got a comment or a question, we can ask it. We'll see how that takes us home. Let's pray. Father, thank you for um, uh, the Lord Jesus. Thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sin. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you gave yourself up for us. Lord, thank you that in Jesus we can know you, uh, that, is, that is your photo. Lord, we pray today as we, we hear about the claims of Jesus that we would indeed consider them, be thankful for them, and, and maybe even start following Jesus today, putting aside our life before, and uh, looking ahead to putting you, Lord God, as our our Lord, our boss, our saviour. Lord, thank you for today. Um, In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.